You're listening to The Tactical Kitchen. I'm Melody Barron, certified chef and nutritional therapy practitioner. And I'm Steve Barron's 21-year special operations veteran and certified personal trainer. Together, we are here to share our experience on the ketogenic lifestyle. Don't forget our disclaimer. This podcast is for general information only and should not be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. We're not doctors, and we don't play them on the internet. Now, let's get ready to chew the fat. Mmm, bacon. All right, everybody. Welcome to the Tactical Kitchen Show. You're different pretty much every time. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That so, was my that was my WWE announcer voice. Oh, is that because we saw Michael Buffer in a commercial last night? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Michael. I Buffer's still think great. about this when I see him. I still think about the story where he had like some brother that they didn't know they were brothers. Uh, it's a crazy story. Um, but before we go there. It's episode 42. It is episode 42, and I don't remember what episode you told that story on. 40 but it, deuce. <laughs> but it was, a, it was a neat story, and it was something that you told during a podcast that I didn't know, which is unusual. <laughs> I know. Uh, you know, because we sit around the table all day pretty much and talk about stuff we know. Stuff we know. We're full of we're random full of, weird facts. We're full of junk, basically. <laughs> Got some junk in the trunk. Yep. Um, yeah, oh, so my so, Michael Buffer voice, I like it. I like it. My shout out to Brian Bailey, one of my old bosses who had a great radio voice and would do that every single day. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Well, what a, way, what a great way to start the day. It was really I funny. I expect from now on for you to get up in the morning and, and do the let's get ready for coffee. Let's get ready for coffee. I think that would really like heighten my morning. I hope it would give me like. I hope that wasn't too loud. It Don't probably was. Ears Somebody's out. ears are bleeding now. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know. Our new box, our new recording box. Yep. Our our so uh, our, our strange box of emotion right in I front know. of us. It looks kind of like the Twilight Zone because it's got wavy foam in the back of it. I can't look at it. It yep. starts making my eyes do weird things. It is weird. Yeah. So what are we talking about today? Oh, my gosh. Okay. First of all. What did we have for breakfast? Well, we had fat coffee, but then our first meal, what did we have? We had eggs, so yes. we're probably going to die. We had that, that death-dealing cultured snack and egg. Oh, my gosh. Are we? I can't believe we're having to talk about this again. I know, but we have to talk about it because it is everywhere. Um, and we'll explain why we think it's everywhere as well. But if you haven't seen, there's a new, and it's loosely, they say study. It's not really a study, unless you... You know, someone reading information is now a, a good study, but a new study that eggs are, once again, bad. I know. So, back in 2016, all of a sudden we could eat eggs. Dietary cholesterol wasn't a factor. And they all rejoiced. Everyone went out and bought <laughs> eggs. So, crazy us, we've been eating them all along. Mm-hmm. But now... They've got, okay, so you've got the dietary guidelines come out every five years, the USDA dietary guidelines. That last one was 2015. They took the recommendation of limiting your cholesterol, dietary cholesterol, off the recommendations, the guidelines. 
Um, they focus more on saturated fat, which is still, you know, unless it's coming from processed food, it's still stupid. But now we've got 2020 coming up, and mm-hmm. we know the dietary guidelines are being reviewed. There's been a committee selected, and now we are all of a sudden seeing all this information coming out about eggs are, again, the cause of heart disease. Right. So the, the basis of the study is uh, using cholesterol as the the kind of the, the linchpin of whether or not you die, what increases yeah. you know, heart disease or mortality. They're Again, they're focusing on cholesterol. Now, like you said, they removed it in the 2015. They moved the cholesterol guidelines because if you do the research, which we have, and I do it over and over again, and Melody does it, there is no study throughout the history of studies that has, has linked cholesterol to an increased rates of heart disease. No, so let's go back and say what this is that you're seeing in the media right now. It's called epidemiological study. So study is really, it's more like I looked at a bunch of stuff and I put it all together and I made a report. It's more of a report. <laughs> and I it's guess. It's not a study. And I guess. is what it, What is it? The end, end of it, they just guess. They do. So in this, we know that they used a food frequency questionnaire. And these were studies or questionnaires that were taken from 1985 all the way up to 2016 of racially diverse groups of people. Mm-hmm. And they looked at their food frequency questionnaires. So if you don't know what a food frequency questionnaire is, that's when they give you a piece of paper and they ask you to recall all your food for the previous year. Now, I don't know about you, but if you can remember what you ate two weeks ago on Monday for lunch, maybe you eat the same foods all the time like we do, so it's easy for you, but... You know, for most people, that's going to be really difficult. They're going to guess right. a lot. They're going to answer in generalities. They're just going to be like, oh, well, you know, I think I had this. I might have had that. And again, if you're not dialed in on diet like like we are and like most of you people listening are who know exactly what you're eating, you're just going to be guessing about what you ate. And when you look at it, at these questionnaires, often on these food frequency questionnaires, they put things like beef. In the same line with how many times per week do you have cake, pastries, cookies, and beef? Now, for me, I think that's so that's so sneaky and just there. There's a method to the madness there. There is They're doing that on purpose. Yeah, they classify things together on purpose because they wanna they wanna show uh, that they're bad, and they know if they put you know beef in the same category as sugar. You're going to check those more often, so that's going to show up more often in the survey. And then they're going to look at it and say, oh, this person, clearly, it, maybe you ate cake four times a week and you didn't eat any beef, but you had to check that checkbox. And now they're like, oh, well, it's beef. Beef is what, we're going to say it was beef. They had beef four times a week and they died of a heart attack. Well, they've been trying to tie beef to cancer and heart disease forever. Again, they haven't been able to do it. They they found They've correlated, which is what they're using this data, is they're correlating. So they're looking at generalized data and kind of correlating it towards, you know, increased statistics of heart disease. But like we joked before, you can do that with like Nicolas Cage movies. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, you know, whenever a Nicolas Cage movie comes out, there's more pool deaths. And I've read that study. So more people die in their pools. More people die in their pools. When Nicolas Cage puts out a movie. Yeah. I'm, I'm. 
I can see that, that. That's just what I read. It was it was a goofball example of how you can just take statistics and make them kind of do whatever you want. Maybe the movie was so bad they drowned themselves. <laughs> yeah, that is so good. <laughs> oh, we had this conversation of Nicolas Cage and what happened. Like, what happened to what Nicolas happened Cage? What happened to Nicolas Cage? He was, like, making some pretty solid, you know, fun movies, and then all of a sudden he was like, you know what? It's like, I'm going to just deal with handy cams and bad scripts. I guess, you know. I mean, I go back to, like, my first Nicolas Cage movie experience was Valley Girl. Mm, yeah. Ah, that dates me. Yeah. So, Valley Girl and then the Las Vegas, not the leaving Las Vegas, not the one where he's honeymoon a drunk, in Vegas. but Honeymoon in Vegas. Right. That was like, oh, that was so funny. Yep. We're the Flying Elvises. We're the Flying Elvises, Utah I mean, chapter. That was a fun movie because he would have, like, like breakdowns and well, yell, and he, it was so funny. He made some great movies like Con Air and The Rock, I like and Con Air. some really good movies. But all of a sudden, he just starts making these movies that are so low budget, low quality. You just you're asking yourself, what happened to Nicolas Cage? So if anybody knows what happened, just let us know, please. I really did like Nicolas yeah. Cage in movies. Okay. And, oh, Face Off. That was one of my favorites. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, maybe that was when he jumped the shark. I'm not sure know. where he went over the top there. Well, I know. Now, I look, we tried to watch Face Off not long ago. This is getting way off topic. But <laughs> Face Off was like, it was hard to watch. I was like, I remember liking this movie yeah. and it seems corny now. Okay. All right. Back to eggs and why they so bad are, for you. Yeah. So the, okay, so they focused they focused on uh, on eggs. They didn't focus on Nicolas Cage at all. Uh, I'm sure they could have, but so they focused on eggs and increased heart disease and mortality. And they found that it, it went up by a small percentage. And some of some of I read was three to four percent. Others were six to eight uh, percent. That's that's pretty pretty small as far as the rates go. And the other thing, if you really start reading, the woman who put the art, who put the study together, her group, Narina Allen, she's a PhD at someplace. I, I haven't pulled up, but um, what she said is that it could be the it could be the cholesterol, but if you read further into it, it could also be other lifestyle and dietary um, right, which choices. They, they didn't focus on. At all. They didn't focus on any lifestyle or any environmental factors. And, you know, we always talk about lifestyle, environment, and nutrition. Yeah. And so she even said that in an interview. But when you look at all the headlines, what do all the headlines say? It's eggs. They just focused on the eggs. Right. My sneaky suspicion is that with the guidelines, the guideline review coming up, that we're going to have this mass push for more plant-based meals um, and recommendations because, you know, Canada just did theirs and they pushed hard for plant-based diet. And then ours are coming up and you're going to see this. You're probably going to see more articles and research, (laughs) quote, in quotes. Yeah, in quotes. Come out saying how animal products are causing heart disease and cancer and cholesterol is causing heart disease. And it's just a rehash. It's like a small temper tantrum. Right. So so let's go on the other side. And and so when you start hearing this, eggs are bad, and they say it's going to kill you. So you start looking at other other things that are out there. And I found a a, a study on Japanese people and because they have the highest lifespan mm-hmm. on on the planet. Japanese people. They also consume the largest amount of eggs. How strange. How strange is it that Japanese people eat more eggs and live longer? Well, that's interesting. it is interesting. So again, that's only one part of the, the puzzle that doesn't take into effect their, their lifestyle, which, 
you know, they, they, they usually have a pretty uh, active and, you know, they meditate and they do things that are, are healthy for you. Um, their environment might not always be so healthy. Right. But, but that's just typical of if they live in the city or live in the country, all those things can be taken into effect. Or if you work with a nuclear reactor that went off, <laughs> that'll, that'll decrease your lifespan I guess. a bit, no matter how many eggs you eat. Right. <laughs> so, so you're looking at that. And then the other one I found was, um, this is an article from 2016, and they interviewed the, at the time, the oldest woman alive, I think it was the oldest person alive, name was uh, Emma, what's her last name? I don't know. I don't know either. I wrote it, I wrote she it down. She was just like Madonna. She was just called Emma. <laughs> Her name was Emma. So uh, she was 116, and she ate eggs every day. See? And she'd been doing it since she was 20, okay? Okay, so for a, a couple of days. For a couple of days. She had anemia at 20. She saw a doctor. The doctor told her to eat eggs every day. Back when doctors were doctors. Back, back when doctors were doctors, right? And men were men. So she's been doing that, and now she's 116. And what's even funnier is is the uh, the woman that previously was older than her and died. Her favorite food was bacon. I like these two ladies so, so much. So <laughs> the two oldest people on the planet, the common denominator was eggs and bacon. Animal foods, animal, animal foods. proteins, and and you know food high in saturated fat and cholesterol. So you know that kind of lets you know right there that you know if they didn't die. Are they an anomaly? Or was it just them? Only they can do that? Right. Or is it that the sugar, the carbohydrates in excess are actually what's causing our heart disease and obesity? And then if we just took the nutrient-dense foods and ate those, that we'd probably be okay and maybe live to 100. Call me crazy. I don't know. No, you, you don't know because, you know, again, there's too many things that go into it. You know, I don't know what, what their lifestyle was or their environment that they worked in. And you can never do the one person did this and now everybody should do this. Right. You can't do that. But also you can't you can't say that these things like eggs are really bad for you and then have these really old people say, I eat them every day. So I have something for you. Okay, I can't. I write. was I was reading several different articles and interviews about this egg fiasco. And on the CBS um Website. They interviewed a woman named Dr. Leslie Cho from the Cleveland Clinic, and she's a preventive, uh, like a cardiologist who deals with preventative care. Mm-hmm. And she was talking about eggs and saying how you know we really need to um, look at our consumption of eggs. Uh, that cholesterol is contained in the yolk. Maybe we should eat more white egg whites and leave out the yolks. But in the same interview, she feeds her children scrambled eggs every day. <laughs> so I either thought this woman wants her children to die or she's lying about cholesterol being a negative impact on your health. Well, you know, you, you see this a lot. People or adults will talk about, well, I don't do this, but you know, they don't change their kids' diet. And the two big things are, are cereal and sugar. So you know, you know, adults that will like, oh, I, I, I don't eat sugar, but they'll give their kid a cake pop or you know whatever treat that they want, a birthday cake, yeah, anything that kind of goes along has a lot of sugar or a, a soda, but they don't eat sugar, but they let their kids eat sugar. Yeah, well, I just thought it was interesting that she's warning people not to eat eggs, but she's feeding them to her kids every day, <laughs> and you know, with the yolk, and it lets you know that. All of a sudden, you should look at that and go, I have a red flag 
for the information coming out of these researchers and doctors mm-hmm. and cardiologists who are saying this is bad for adults. Is it bad for adults or is it that you want us to be taking statins to lower our cholesterol? Statins, a $13 billion a year industry. It's a couple of dollars. It's Somebody's a couple of bucks. Somebody's making a little bit of money on that. And I'm not a huge conspiracy theorist, but in this one area... I don't think it's much of a conspiracy. I think it's a I think it's a business. It's oh, definitely a business. Absolutely. And you have people in the those pharmaceutical industries who are lobbyists. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be pushing for this, you know, diet in which we have to have low cholesterol in our body so that they can sell us drugs to maintain that low, that low cholesterol. cholesterol. And there, there, and there are tons of things that go along with that. Also, there's there's a lot of research that shows that low uh, cholesterol over time uh, contributes to brain disorders, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, dementia. Yes. So again, you got to ask yourself, and, and this is conspiracy theory stuff. That are they are they trying to su- suppress our cholesterol so they can keep us medicating and on drugs and sick? Uh, who knows? I don't know. I mean, it's you know. I don't know. I I think that's the, like a really elaborate plan. I think most of it just boils down to dollars. Yes, it does. And, and absolutely people trying to make, make a buck off of you. Yeah, so if you think that the pharmaceutical industry is not trying to influence the dietary guidelines of the people of the United States, you're fooling yourself. Yeah, because these are the biggest drug dealers, legal drug dealers, yes. on the planet. So they they, uh, they definitely don't want their product to take a nosedive, you know, Yeah. because they're in it to make money. I mean, you watch, you watch a show like, let's say Breaking Bad, they're trying to sell, what was it, meth? Meth. Yeah. So... We have an Sorry. RV. Let's do that. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> okay, that just went way. No, we're not selling meth. Don't okay, anybody all right, all right. We're not going to sell meth, but we, we we might sell keto desserts. We might sell keto desserts. <laughs> Same thing. Crack keto desserts. They're, Same thing. Yes, they're they're all an addictive chemical put in the food to make you crave it night and day. <laughs> so, so yeah, you know, you're looking at drug dealers, and they're they're trying to sell their drugs. You know, they're not telling you, oh. It's good for you. It's bad for you. They're just trying to make money. And I look at the pharmaceutical industry as the same. They're just a protected drug dealer. Mm-hmm. That's all they are. They're legally protected drug dealers. Yeah. And they can raise the prices on you. They can, you know, make drugs and sell them to you without clear evidence that they're going to be helpful to you or whether they're going to cause sudden death. Right. And we see it all the time when we watch TV. On like Sunday morning, oh, Jesus. and all the different uh, drugs that they advertise on TV with all those different side, know, effects, side effects, and most of the time, every drug that comes on TV, one of the side effects is death. <laughs> you know, it could result in death. And I'm like, how do you sell a drug that you can say this could cause you to die, but it might give you diarrhea? Oh, we know it's going to give you diarrhea. But you have anxiety. <laughs> So, <laughs> I know it's insane where we've gotten to with the pharmaceutical industry. All right, so, so speaking about um, you know how things affect you, side effects. Uh, we talked about you doing more keto type desserts. Yeah, which basically the the whole premise of that is no sugar, no. I flour. did get called a drug dealer last oh, did week. You? Yeah, because I actually sold. I remember I had kept saying. I just, just let me sell the first dozen cookies. Yeah. Well, I sell yeah. four dozen. <laughs> and um, the person who purchased them said, why do I feel like this is a drug deal? And I said, because it kind of is. Because it kind of is. <laughs> you know, it's like, yes, it's a drug deal. So so Melody's been cooking all that stuff. And um, 
so it's in the house and and I'm gonna eat it. So uh, a day You're last so week, weak. I'm so weak. I am weak. Wyatt, you're an oak. No, I'm not. <laughs> My tombstone reference. Um, if people didn't get that, then they don't even need to be listening to. Go us. watch Tombstone. Come back to me. Um, so I had uh, had a cup of coffee, and of course, with that, I had a chocolate chip cookie. Uh, I had a piece of carrot cake, and I had a piece of lemon pound cake. All within about I don't know ten or fifteen minutes. We just gobbled it up. I just kind of gobbled it up because I I could not control myself. We have to test. Testing recipes is just like brutal. So so here's what we did. An hour later, it was an hour, hour and a half later, I tested my blood sugar. Mm -hmm. And it was at 93. Mm -hmm. And my ketones were at 1.1. So my blood sugar was still low. But you run in the 90s all the time. Yeah, my blood sugar is always around 95. It's whether in the morning, the afternoon, it just seems like it's always right there. It like never goes up above that, but it never goes really far below that unless never, you drink ketones. I'm never above 100. I'm yeah. always in the 90s. So, so, and that was after eating all that dessert. Yeah. So we have it, to see if they're keto. Right. So, so I was definitely, they're definitely keto desserts because my blood sugar did not spike high and I still had ketones. So yeah. that official, they're keto desserts. Then I went ahead and I drank uh, a half serving of ketones. Mm-hmm. And tested again 30 minutes later, and my blood sugar was 83, and my ketones were 1.7. So, kind of what does that tell you? That if you have blood sugar problems, ketones help. They, they will. Do. They help suppress the blood sugar, keep your blood sugar regulated. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that was my experiment from last week, because I'm not a big tester. I'll go weeks without doing anything, really, as far as testing. And I was like, I need to test this, because... If we're putting out keto desserts and saying mm-hmm. they're keto, we need to know that they are. And for me, they were. Yeah. And I tested mine too. My blood sugar was funny because it was 83. It was like 10 points exactly less than yours. And I'm always about 10 points less than you mm-hmm. on my blood sugar. Weird. And then my ketones were 1.0, uh, my blood ketones. And I had not had any exogenous ketones that day at all. And um, so, Yeah. After having, and I will say, the carrot cake and the pound cake are just so delicious. They're, I had to stop myself. They were good. But you can't eat very much because they're so filling. Right. So that's the good thing about keto desserts. And you don't get the sugary shakes after you eat Oh, it. no. I used to fall sound asleep, just like sound asleep <laughs> after a dessert. It was like somebody somebody just drugged me. And, and that's Did the you thing. you roofie me? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's why would you roof your your own wife? It doesn't make sense. No, me, it doesn't. Just to get to go to bed earlier, I guess. I guess. <laughs> so I'll stop talking. I just want to go to bed. <laughs> uh, no, you didn't do that. No. So uh, so the keto desserts are keto. That's great um, for for anyone that is out there uh, wondering if you can you know if you're if you're thinking about going uh, on a ketogenic diet but you're worried about not being able to as people say live. If I don't, I won't yeah. be able to live. See, for me, I don't need any of it. But I finally just succumbed to the, I think other people do. Mm-hmm. And so I give the public what they want. <laughs> give the public what they want because... But I literally am a drug dealer. We did not. I mean, we, for all, that entire year of, of carnivore-ish, I mean, we were, were pretty strict. Yeah. We had very, uh, very little right. outside of our realm of carnivore-ish foods. And we've... Really, I can't say we went completely nuts off of that. We've just added some more fermented foods. We added sauerkraut. Aren't we crazy? We are <laughs> just crazy. We ate a little bit of avocado 
Oh my God. Yes. Call the keto police, the carnivore police. <laughs> and then we've had some keto desserts, which are made with coconut flour and almond flour, or a mix of some of those things, maybe some flaxseed um, meal, different stuff like that. But nothing too crazy. Um, cream cheese and butter, that's still in the carnivore realm. <laughs> right. And, and so. so the things we haven't added in that I know that affect me negatively is, is dairy. I, I can't do it as far as arthritis goes. We did have some cheese. Small. When you say we had some cheese, like a sprinkle probably, of cheese. Yeah, maybe less than a tablespoon. Oh, it wasn't not very much because we yeah. had chili. Yeah, I made chili. Had chili, so put a little bit of cheese on there and some sour cream. So uh, we're definitely not in that. We're holding ourselves to that to that strict standard of we only eat carnivore. Right. We've kind of went out of that, and we're, and we're seeing how we feel. Yeah, exactly. So last night. Mm-hmm. Last night, we pretended it was Tuesday, and we had tacos. <laughs> so, because apparently you can only have tacos on Tuesday. I think that's a flaw in the system. But we had two tacos on Sunday. Totally broke with tradition. And I made some keto tortillas. Mm. And I will say that my rolling of the tortillas was pretty darn sketchy and... I need a tortilla press for those because they're hard to roll out because they don't roll out like normal tortillas. Mm -hmm. But I'll put the recipe for the tortillas out there. And you can get our chili recipe on Instagram right now if you just go look for the picture of chili. But super simple. And it was nice to have a handheld taco. It was kind of fun to have like a tortilla and eat a taco. And that's when we had like a little cheese. We had a little avocado. I went crazy and had some cilantro. Oh my god, it was plant matter. I'm probably gonna die. <laughs> and the tortillas were good. They were. They were. Now, granted, we haven't had. I haven't had a regular tortilla in I don't know how long. So but, we don't even know. So so maybe it I don't even know sucked. anymore. But but, but but the tortillas were good. They filled. They filled that that need of having uh, you know all your food items wrapped up in a tortilla and you get to eat it and it yeah. tasted good. The big test was. The 15-year-old boy in the house who kept eating and kept eating and kept, kept eating. eating. <laughs> <laughs> so, he didn't you know. complain. He, didn't, no. he did not complain about the food. And that's, no. that's always the, the, the litmus test with any food is like, will your kids eat it? Exactly. And if the kids are happy, everybody's usually happy. So, mm-hmm. you know, yep. there's no crying at the table. We, we've had that before. So oh, we understand yeah. switching your kids' diet. Yeah, if you're, if you're in the... Uh, that arena of I'm about to try to switch my kids' diet, just know that it's going to be hard, okay? Yeah, it's going to be hard. You're going to have some tears on both ends. <laughs> but it's totally worth it. Absolutely 100% worth removing sugar and grains from your child's diet. 100%. And here's the thing. We feed him eggs every single morning. If we thought that eggs were a danger, I wouldn't feed them to him. That's why I questioned this Dr. Leslie Cho for saying eggs are bad for adults, but feeding them to her kids. <laughs> right. So I wouldn't do anything to harm a child. So I'm not going to say eggs are bad, but I'm going to feed them to my kids. Mm-hmm. It just is very, it leaves a really confusing message for people out in the in the public trying to figure out what in the world they're supposed to eat. Well, it's like a person that works at a cake shop, but I, but I sell everybody cakes all day long. Like, you know, and I, but I don't eat sugar. That was me. That was, that was me. That's what that's what was happening because when I worked at the um, cupcake place when I was doing that in Florida, I would have other people 
<laughs> I'd have the other girls test here, taste this, make sure it's okay. Because I knew that they were they were good for taste, you know, to yeah. do the taste test. But I wasn't eating sugar because I felt so horrible. I was yeah. selling poison to people but not eating it myself. Well, and, and that's the thing is we recommend this diet to all of our family members. We, uh, we try to get them to do it probably ad nauseum to them. Um, and they probably hate us. So <laughs> if, we, if we thought this was bad for us and if we felt bad, like we don't feel bad. I feel When I say I feel awesome every day, I'm not exaggerating. I mean, I don't hurt when I get out of bed. I, you know, I sleep fine. I work out. I feel great. I don't get tired during the day. All those things that used to happen to me when I had sugar don't happen anymore. So that's why we recommend this. And we recommend this to all of our family. So we wouldn't do that if we even had the slight question in our mind that this could hurt people. So one thing that I saw yesterday when we were watching the CBS morning show, which is like my favorite show to watch on Sunday. <laughs> the one one TV show we watch. The one TV show, news TV show we watch because it's not actually news. It's a bunch of like inspiring stories. Usually the stories are good, yeah. Yeah, and in between you got the pharmaceutical advertisements, which are good for a good laugh. They're <laughs> yeah. they're great for a laugh. We we joke about it all the time. But they were they did a small report on this egg thing, and they had a quote, and I wish I could remember who it was from, but it was saying. You know, leave off the eggs. You know, maybe you shouldn't eat so many eggs. And then... Leave butter off the toast. And leave butter off your toast. So basically what they said was eat dry toast, no eggs, no butter. (laughs) 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 That was their recommendation. And when I saw that, I know I said to you, this makes no sense because let's take a human person, Mm -hmm. a a human body. We're not going to come take you. Don't worry. No. Let's let's take one. Take it. This is getting like really bad. I'm a drug dealer and now I'm a kidnapper. (laughs) So let's take a person. And you look at what the human body requires as far as nutrients to do all the different processes it has to do, which is create hormones, new cells, live, you know, create Mm -hmm. blood cells, all these different things you have to have. And if you put the nutrients in an egg in one column, and you put the nutrients in a dry piece of toast. Oh, they're not the I same? E- I don't even care if it's whole grain. Don't even give me that crap of, <laughs> well, what if it's whole grain toast or sprouted grain toast? No. Mm-mm. Let's just take the nutrients in both of these, list them out, and then put the nutrients required in a human person right. in the center, and let's play the matching game. <laughs> you know, let's draw a line <laughs> to the person of what's needed. The egg wins every time. It does. It does. The egg wins. The egg wins hands down. <laughs> you know, it's funny you said take a human because I was, you know, I, I was in one of, one of my uh, Facebook battles with somebody and uh, it was talking about how, you know, the theory that because we started eating so much meat and fat is why our brains grew to be so big, you know, mm-hmm. and somebody said, well, what happened to lions and tigers? Because they're carnivores. And I said, well... I'm going to go with they're not humans. I mean, it's like, I'm not sure where you're going with this. It was the obvious choice <laughs> for an answer. For an answer. Um, they're not human, so they couldn't become human just because they eat meat. I'm not sure if that's confusing for people. It's, I'm going to I'm gonna switch species because of how I eat. And they do the same thing with apes, too. They're like, I know. Well, 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 look at apes. They're, they're muscular, and, you know, they eat vegetables and fruit all day long. Yeah, the key there is they eat 16 to 18 hours a day to achieve their <clears throat> nutrient requirements. Do you want to do that? <laughs> no. 
Okay, well, that brings us to a really important point. Okay. About wait, 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 cholesterol. Wait, wait, wait. This podcast has an important point. <laughs> At some Man, place. If you've, if you've, if you've so, waited this long, you should be excited. Yeah, okay. So here we go. When you're talking about cholesterol and they're saying we need to avoid cholesterol, mm-hmm. let's now get into how that's absolutely freaking impossible. You can't avoid cholesterol. No, you can't. And why is that? Because if you don't eat it, your body is going to make it on its own. Mm-hmm. That's your liver true. is going to make it. And when you eat vegetables, <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is the this is this the home is the, run right here. This is the saturated fat part. So when you eat vegetables, you're gonna take the fiber and it's gonna get down to the garbage bin of the body called the colon, and you're gonna ferment ferment that hopefully, and you're gonna try to extract out any kind of nutrients that might be there, which you know. Some of that's going to be some saturated fat. Some short-chain fatty acids. Yeah, you're going to turn it into short-chain fatty acids, i.e. saturated fat. And so you can't avoid cholesterol. You cannot avoid it. If you don't eat it, your body makes it. Your body makes cholesterol in the liver. So when you say we have to avoid dietary cholesterol, it's like you're a moron. Mm -hmm. You're literally a moron. That's how you blow a vegan's mind is when you ask them what happened to their vegetables and you tell them that, your colon turns it into short-chain fatty acids and butyrate, which are animal fat and butter. Yeah. Yeah. They can't avoid it. That, that'll totally freak a well, vegan Well, you know, if you look at it, we have in the small intestine, and this is, we don't want to get too technical. We'll leave it light and airy and go 30,000 <laughs> foot view here. But your small intestine is about 20 feet long. And if you were to lay it out, the surface area of absorption that you have in the small intestine would cover a um, a tennis court. Tennis court, yeah. She's okay. over here waving her hand back and forth like she's playing tennis. <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw that. I almost said a football field, but I was like, that's wrong. That's way too big. But a tennis court. So if you think of the size of a full-size tennis court, if you were to lay out all the microvilli in mm-hmm. the, the villa of your small intestine. Of the microvillage. Of the microvillage. <laughs> And your ability to absorb nutrients is that large in the small intestine. But when you get down to the colon, it's not that big, and it's actually the garbage bin of the body. Right. That's where feces is, you know, That's formed. the last stop. That's the, that's, you know. Yeah, that's like the last bus stop. <laughs> and, you know, you're trying to tell people that they need to eat an enormous amount of food that ends up in the garbage bin mm-hmm. to try to make something out of it. It's like idiots are running the show. It is. Idiots are running and the show. when you think about fats and proteins, that's where the magic happens in the small intestine. You get to absorb all those nutrients in the small intestine. And you have a large amount of area to absorb all these nutrients. So it would seem that the most nutrient-dense food that can be absorbed in the small intestine would be the way to go. I don't know. You're crazy. I'm... I don't know. Are you saying that the food that humans have eaten for hundreds of thousands of years is good for us? I think so. I'm going to go with a hard yes on that. (laughs) I was reading the consumption of sugar and how it has increased because, again, correlating, you know, data to statistics and all that kind of junk. And in the late 1800s, it was, they estimated it was about 15 pounds of sugar per person per year. Mm -hmm. You know what it is now? It's a lot. 150 pounds of sugar per person per year. So if I'm just going off statistics and I correlate 
heart disease and cancer and Alzheimer's and all that stuff to the increased consumption of sugar, I can say that all day long and be correct. Right. Now, is that the only thing? No, I don't think so. I think there's other things like, again, our environment, um, you know, hydrogenated oils, all those other things that go in there. But that's a, that's a simple, simple thing that I can correlate and say, I think it's this. And people have been doing it for a long time. It's just, for some reason, nobody wants to listen. They want to, They just want to go all the way back to saturated fat and cholesterol. Yeah. And so one thing I was looking at, I was trying to calculate just now, was um, they said that per person lately, in the, mm-hmm. since the recommendation for limiting your cholesterol yep. has been taken off in the 2015 guidelines, that egg consumption like rose dramatically. Yeah. So 263, I think, eggs per person per year. And when I look at it, I'm like, what do I, what do I eat every day? I eat about three to four eggs a day, mm-hmm. probably every day of the year. So, um, that's over a thousand eggs a year. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little bit on that right. side of So everyone else, you guys are way behind in the yeah. egg consumption department. So when you look at it, they're saying, oh, if you know, that's the average 260-something eggs per person per year since the recommendation changed, and we're allowed to eat eggs now. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. But I look at it, and I'm just like, how long has an egg been around? I mean, how long have eggs been around? I'm going to say as long as chickens have been around. (laughs) It's a while. It's been a while. And duck eggs, chicken eggs, whatever kind of eggs. Mm -hmm. Dinosaur eggs. Dinosaur (laughs) eggs. Those were probably pretty big. That was equivalent to like six eggs. That was a huge omelet. Oh, yeah. That lady you were talking about, Emma, did you mention that she had an omelet every day? Well, she ate ate raw eggs. She, She had two raw uh, and then one, I think, hard-boiled, and then she had an omelet. So so she was having probably a lot of eggs a day. At least four to six a day, it seemed yeah. like. Yeah, and, and she lived to be 116. I'm going with Emma on this. I'm going to call it the Emma diet. But if she, but when she dies, it's going to be because of cholesterol. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yep. So, you know, I look at, I just look, I would like to peel it back. We always like to peel it back to the common sense aspect of science assuming we have some you know maybe (laughs) but when you look at how long animals and eggs (laughs) from animals have been around Mm -hmm. and how long we've enjoyed these things versus how long this like vegan crap has been around yes and um you know plants and all that stuff yeah they've been around for a long time but we've said this a million times before not in the state in which they grow like they are broccoli did not look like it looks like in the grocery store when you found it in the wild that's just not what it it looked like it's been crossbred and all these different things to be sweeter tastier less bitter and more palatable so that you and i with our sugar addiction will want to eat it broccoli was not sweet no so it's actually pretty sweet when you tasting when you eat broccoli. And I still don't like it. Right. <laughs> so, you know, we've done those things to to make all these foods more palatable because if you found them in the wild, you wouldn't have wanted to eat the broccoli. We've talked about that before. Mm-hmm. And most of the vegetables came from one species and they've been cross-pollinated and done all these things to make cauliflower, broccoli, kale, all these different things from one various one one variety of plant. 
You know, something uh, I didn't mention on the that world's oldest person was she also said she ate very few fruits and vegetables. Oh, yeah, that's right. That was another point that I really liked. Yeah. I like fruits and vegetables, but the problem is, is that they don't always like me back. Well, I mean, she was, you know, when she grew up, she was born in 1889. So uh, it's not like it is today where fruits and vegetables are everywhere all the time. You ate local. Yeah. And things you usually ate local was meat and dairy and eggs. Exactly. Because what did I say last? I think it was last podcast. I got, no, I said this on um, a, some post I did. Um, we had raspberries. Mm-hmm. And they were organic and they were frozen. And I looked at the back of them once I got them home and wanted to just see. I should have looked at the grocery store, but what was the country of origin? With all this climate change talk and different stuff, you know, hammering on the animals being the cause of it. My raspberries were flown in from Serbia. Yeah, so I'm, I'm pretty sure that has a, a larger climate impact than the cow from Nebraska. Yeah, I'm, I'm... So when you talk about eating local, if right... Even right now, if I wanted raspberries and I didn't have a grocery store that flew them in from Serbia or from wherever, even in the United States, I wouldn't have raspberries because there's none growing around here. Right. You know? I mean, we don't have any raspberries. No. I'd have to plant them, cultivate them, and do all that if I wanted a raspberry. Mm-hmm. So it is really interesting. Well, that gets know? on the whole the whole climate change uh, and saying how car, uh, cars, cows, cars do affect the environment. I'm going to go with that. Cows, however, I'm, I'm really not so sure. I just think it's funny that we complain about the cows and we got raspberries flown from Serbia. <laughs> it doesn't make and sense, does the it? the people who are probably complaining about the cows the most are probably flying around in their private jet talking about it. Yes, they are. And that drives me absolutely bonkers. The hypocrisy is crazy. Yeah. All right. My hypocrisy only goes so far. Yep. Another tombstone quote. <laughs> All right, so uh, we talked about quite a bit. We did want to say uh, one thing. We did get a review. We did, and it was from someone who calls themselves El Snafu. (laughs) El Snafu. El Snafu. And this was really cool. Oh, no, where'd it go? Hold on, i got to pull it back up. It went into the interwebs. Basically, they said, hey, they learned a lot about glucose and insulin uh, listing. Got it, right here. So it was a five-star review. We like the five-star reviews. We enjoy those. We only got one one-star review, and it was because we said we were going to not censor Steve on his language, and the lady got upset and said she wasn't going to listen to us anymore. Even, even though I really haven't <clears throat> gone over the top on language, I don't think. I don't think you've dropped any F-bombs. Mm, no, I don't think no, I have. No. Anyway. Anyway. Review. So this one was on insulin, and this person, El Snafu, said... Learned more about insulin and glucose in this one podcast than I have in the last six months of school. Awesome. And I looked at Steve and said, they must be in medical school. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. I I don't know. know. (laughs) But that's so cool. We're so glad that we can, you know, share some of the things that we've learned along the way. And... You know, that somebody's getting something out of it. Yeah. That's the whole purpose. And that's what we're doing. We're sharing information that we that we find we think is important, and we're sharing uh, our journey personally. That's all we're trying to do here. Yeah, because we have a personal journey. Yep. And if you guys have anything you want to <laughs> share with us, we, we have a personal journey. Uh, please send up a, a message. Uh, go ahead, if you can, uh, 
write us a review, like the podcast, all those uh, crazy things, because it does help us share the word. Yeah, absolutely. And and we're going to keep eating eggs. So just in case you were wondering, <laughs> we have about three to five eggs a day a piece. Yep, we have a lot. So, so, uh, so don't skimp on the eggs. Go out there, eat fat, and prosper. Thanks for listening to the Tasco Kitchen. Hit subscribe and leave us a review. Don't forget to send your questions to vtkquestions at gmail.com and visit our website, thetacticalkitchen.com.